broadcast and podcast. Are we on? Yes, we're on. Lori Haywood Mains with Speak the Word Only broadcast and podcast. Good to see you today, December 30th. And we are heading into the new year, which I'm always excited about. Something about the new year, right? Okay, we are on the authority, the series of the authority of the blood of Jesus, part six. Today will most likely be a short broadcast. Um, I'm going to bullet point here real quickly. Uh, Part one was talking about the tabernacle in Leviticus. Uh, And then we went on to part two was, I believe, the the scapegoat. Part three, the Lamb of God. And uh, part four, I believe we went into some of the reasons why or many reasons why we need to know and understand the blood of Jesus and how it works for us today as believers. So with that, today we are on part six. And the reason why it is going to be a little bit shorter is because now we are actually going to be turning into the um, information of the actual blood of Jesus. We've been talking about all the power in the blood and what it does for us today and learning about it. You know, what is all this um, talk about the blood of Jesus? Well, it is, um, it is Genesis to the book of Revelation. This is, this is the gospel. And uh, for me to come on and be able to uh, explain it and teach it, um, it's, it's going to have to be done in many parts. Um, after I'm completely done with this series, down the road, I'm going to come back and I'll do it again, but it won't be right away. We are actually going to go into uh, the name of Jesus and how to use that. So we started out with the blood covenant. Uh, that was another series. And this series is the power of the blood of Jesus. And then we're going to end up with uh, the name of Jesus, the power in the name of Jesus. And then eventually, like I said, I'll be uh, addressing these um, series. I'll start them over and do, go a little deeper. And, you know, because because of my growth, um, you know, the teacher always learns the most. So um, this is not to be a subject that's exhausted. It is just um, it is just this particular time of 2022 where the Lord called me to do it. And then we'll see if I do it in 2023. I don't know. But with that, I want you to know that understanding and you may not get it all, you know, right now. You may you may just hear one or two things that stick. That's okay. That's how you grow as a Christian. That's how you grow as a believer. It is you can't you can't capture this spirit realm, this powerful spirit realm just like that. It takes um it takes uh excuse me it takes uh, hearing and hearing and reading and praying. And, and it is the growth of as a son and daughter of God. It is the growth of a believer. So don't sweat it. Don't say, what is she talking about? Oh, that seems boring or that seems interesting or what? So just, just listen. That's all you're required to do. Put it on, clean the house. I actually love to listen to stuff while I clean the house. I may not catch everything, but I don't have to because I'm going to listen to it again anyway. But um, I I listen to stuff on the treadmill. I listen to stuff when I'm cleaning. I listen to stuff. So 
um, in the car when I'm going store to store. Um, but it's a series of years of, um, you know, hearing and hearing, like I said, and reading and learning and growing. Uh, it's like growing, growing as an employee in a job. You don't just stop. You just you should be learning and learning and and like doctors and nurses. And we go to back to school and they got to, you know, so it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. So today we're going to be talking about part six. Um is called um, The Power of the Blood of Jesus, Part 6, and The Blood Testifies. So we're going to be covering that the blood of Jesus testifies. We're going to start, we're going to start moving into Jesus. I've been just been talking about the blood. Well, actually, we're going to just bullet point, uh, excuse me, uh, we're going to bullet point uh, Leviticus 17. Again, the blood is a sacrifice. Uh, that is also part of this um, today, this part six. And um, so with that, um, the blood is a sacrifice. And then we're going to go into blood testifies. And it's going to probably be less than 20 minutes. Um, so in Leviticus 17, the Lord commands against consuming blood by noting, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Blood represented life, period. Without blood, a, a creature in this earth or person cannot live. So because of this, God chose, uh, and there's many, many reasons, but God chose to use blood as a sacrifice. And some of that is in my other parts of part um, one through five. And we're going to keep going into that, like I said, until this series is over. So because of this, God uses God used blood as a sacrifice, okay, for the Jewish people. Each time it was shed by a lamb, a lamb, a, a pure lamb was given as pure as it could be for the sacrifice. It reminded the people of life and death, okay, that the blood sacrifice of the Jewish people was directly related to the freedom of Israel from Egypt, okay, at that first Passover night. On that night, each family had to take a lamb. They had to slaughter a lamb and take the blood, and they would they would paint it, if you will, on the... Uh, top of the door and on the sides of the door. And um, so that night, what happened was when death came to take the newborn, um, it passed over the blood, be that sacrificial blood. So that death passed over it. Okay. So the firstborn, excuse me, I'm going to take a quick sip of this. The blood of the, the firstborn of um, Egypt, they were not covered by the blood. So therefore they lost the firstborn. But that's a whole nother story. We can't go back into that. So with that, let's go back to, they had to place the blood on the sides and the top of the doorpost to keep the family from losing their firstborn son. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was firstborn son. Excuse me. <laughs> So the people of Egypt who did not, they were struck down, as we talked about. So the blood is the sacrifice represented life and death. 
as well as freedom. Freedom by the hand of God from slavery. Okay, so if you will, um, <clears throat> the uh, as horrible as it was, the black community, the black race, African-American race was not the first uh, per, the first people uh, or race that went into slavery. It was actually the first the first uh, people, if you will, was actually human beings, period. In the Garden of Adam and Eve, what happened was when when Adam and Eve sinned and uh, death came to the human being and separated man from God, man rejected God, what happened was man lost its freedom and went into serving a fallen angel. This world was handed over to him. His name is Satan at that time. And <clears throat> so man uh, became a slave to sin. Man came into bondage of sin. The flesh became an, an enmity towards God because it developed its own will. But it, it came into, it was subject to bondage. It sinned, therefore it was separated from God, which was all freedom. So the human whole race was actually the first creature that went into slavery. And there's a lot of people that are not born again, haven't received Jesus as their savior, meaning that are still in slavery and it's slavery to sin, still underneath Satan's rule and reign. For the ones that receive Jesus Christ as their savior, they're free. And that, and then um, <clears throat> uh, the second, the second uh, class, if you will, or the second set of people that went into slavery was Israel under Pharaoh. So they, they, they were the, under slavery for a long, long time. I, I think it was 400 years. So, so slavery has been around since the Garden of Eden. And it's still out there today, like I said, for the sinners. I'm not talking about uh, man's law. And then, of course, man's law, you know, developed slavery, which was wrong, 100%. So anyway, with that, the, the, the blood sets people free from slavery, okay? They were freed by the, by the hand of God from Pharaoh, which was slavery, and uh, also, um, so the blood sacrifice was a cost of one. And the price of an animal involved represented a price that had to be paid, meaning it reminded the people in the Old Testament that something had to be sacrificed. Something had to die and give its blood for that time period for them to be free for that day, that week, that month, or that year of the Day of Atonement.
So that was a reminder as well that something had to pay the price for man's sin originally in the Garden of Eden. Okay, so with that, we're going to move over to, let me see what kind of notes I had for myself here. Um, <clears throat> so let me read this to you. Um, before the death of Christ, this is uh, going into Hebrews. Before the death of Christ, the Jewish law required regular blood sacrifice offerings on behalf of sins. Hebrews 10 shares that this need changed with the shed blood of Christ. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ came and offered his, his blood for all time, a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Christ's sacrifice was now sufficient and no further blood sacrifices were required. So what that's saying is, is in Hebrews, um, before the death of Christ, the law required this blood sacrifice from the lamb. But once Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood for one time only, uh, it, it never has to be done again. Okay. If anybody's sacrificing anything and saying it's, it's for God, they are, they are wrong. They are in bondage and they are blind. Um, Jesus did it once and for all. He shed his blood and nothing should ever be sacrificed again. It, by, by coming back and sacrificing something after what Jesus did, that is pretty much a slap in God's face. He sent his only son, mind you, his only son. And, um, and he, 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 he let his son become that pure sacrifice the lamb of God, and he shed his blood once over for mankind. Because of that, we are redeemed from the curse of the law and we no longer have uh, to um, give sacrifices of animals. So that, that, that superseded it. Okay. That superseded it. Um, let me see what Hebrews nine saying. Um, Hebrews nine says also expresses that the blood sacrifices of the old Testament pointed toward what Jesus would later provide. And that's what I just explained for if the blood of goats and bulls verses 13 and 14 explain for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh. How much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offer himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Basically what that just said is what I said, except for that scripture backing it is that if, if heifers and, and lambs and so forth were offered in the old, old Testament and died and shut and gave their blood for for the, for the human, the Israelites at that time to be forgiven or whatever their rituals were at that time. Um, if God accepted that, he's saying how much more than the blood of his own son. Okay. So that's exactly what that's talking about. Let's move into um, the blood testifies. I have about 10 minutes, if that. <clears throat> so the blood testifies one John five, six, little John, um, one, five, six. This is one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Let me put my note up there. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. 
And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For there, there are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And there are three that are in agreement. And, and the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of Almighty God, which he has given about his son. So to deny that, you are calling God a liar. To deny, even if you don't understand it, that's absolutely fine. Like I said, this takes this takes time to, if, you, if you've never heard it or you're learning, <clears throat> to, to receive it. That's different. But to say no, then you're calling Almighty God a liar. And it says that his testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. And it's most basic, 1 John 5, 6, it, it, it is as a counterclaim to those who hold that Jesus came in water, but not in blood. There are people, there is a generation out there. Uh, I'm talking a generation of a, if you will, an occult uh, <clears throat> or religious spirits that say that Jesus did not come in blood, that Jesus came in spirit only. So the, that is why, well, I'll keep reading. So they are saying that Jesus appeared in, in, spiritually, but he was not, he did not shed his blood. He was not a human being. Okay. They are saying that, um, for, and let's go to second John one seven. for many deceivers. Here you go. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, in body, in human form, through Mary, the virgin. Um, This is the deceiver, and this is the Antichrist spirit, which is a generation of human beings. Okay, so the substance. In Genesis, God takes... um, No, let me see. Do I want to read that? I have a lot of notes here. So so let me say this. There was two natures that came to earth through Jesus. The flesh, the human nature, which represents the blood. The the flesh, human nature, represents the blood. The spiritual side of Jesus is the water. So that's why Jesus, let me see if I have my note here. yeah, he so when when Jesus died on the cross, both his mortal life shedding his blood and eternal life, his water left his body, especially through his side. So Jesus died both physically and spiritually. Okay, he was a human being and he was a uh, the, the son of God, the first one at that time. Now, because of what he did. When you receive him as your savior, you also become a son of God or daughter of God, if you want to call it that. So we must recognize that the eternal life is the living water and the mortal life was the blood. It had to pour out. It had to be shed. He came to the earth as a man, as a God man. He was he was 100 percent God 
but he was a hundred percent human being. So Jesus, if he chose, could have done wrong. Of course, that's why in the New Testament of the Gospels, if it when he was tempted by Satan three times out uh, in the wilderness, got, he told Satan told him to turn the stone into bread. Uh, he told him to jump off the cliff. The angels will protect him under Psalms 91. And then he took him up into the high spiritual mountains and showed him everything on the earth and said, if you bow and worship me, I will hand this to you because it was given to me, which was by Adam. So if, and it says he was tempted. If, if, if he was only the, the, the spiritual side, the, the eternal side of God, then then he could not be tempted, but he came in the earth as a human being, which could be tempted. And he was tempted and it talked about it. Okay. In the gospels more than once. So he was all human and he was all God. Jesus had a choice. He defeated Satan once and for all, like Adam should have and could have. All he was doing basically was repeating what Adam should have done in the garden. He should have ran off Satan from Eve. He shouldn't have listened to the voice of Eve. He, he, but Jesus came back and he brought our relationship back together to God because God rejected, I mean, man rejected God when he chose to follow Satan. That was Adam's and Eve's decision. They made that choice. Well, now Jesus came as the second Adam, defeated Satan, shed his blood as a human being, spilled his water as eternal being, life, eternal life, the rivers of life, the tree of life. And he defeated Satan on his own territory. And that blood, that blood that was shed across the earth around the world was powerful enough now because he was pure and defeated every evil thing that was thrown at him for 33 years. And believe me, it was not easy for him because he was also a man. Let's not, let's not give him the cop out. Let's not cop out and give Jesus a ticket while he was just God. He couldn't. No, that's not right. He battled. He swept drops of blood. He cried. He prayed. He fasted. He went hungry. He was beaten. As a man, let's not give, you don't do that to him. He went through a lot for you and he went through a lot for me. He confronted an evil being that hates your stinking guts. He hates us. He hates babies. He hates animals. He hates life. He's just a hater. He does, there's nothing he likes at all. He, he lures people in with his worms of money and this, that, and the other, only to turn around and destroy. He is not a blesser. He does not bless. Do not, do not uh, be jealous of the world at all. It's not, they're not, it doesn't end well for them. So, wow. I guess I opened up a whole lot of stuff here. That's why I've been refraining, refraining from going down this road too much because that's, that's, this is where we're heading. Okay. So the bottom line today is the blood is, was a sacrifice in Leviticus. We just went over it and the blood testifies. Jesus's blood testified. Um, I have a couple notes here and then we're going to, we're going to cut loose. Um, 
we're going to just see if I'm going to share this. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to go into that later because that's taking us down a whole nother powerful road. Um, let's read this. When the Roman soldier pierced Jesus' side to see if he expired, the results was not only visible that he was physically dead because of the outflow of blood, but also the person was also spiritually dead because of the outflow of the water. We talked about that. It represented two natures. It represented the physical death and the spiritual death that Jesus took upon himself. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So basically, I'm going to stop right here because that's going to take me into uh, too much. I don't want to go there. I want to save that because in the next series, we're going to talk about the blood destroyed the veil. And we have the blood healed. The blood forgives. The blood is bold. And the blood sanctifies. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do all individual series on, I've, I've been taking two topics per series because once I start opening up this next uh, session, which will be part seven, the blood destroyed the veil. It's probably going to cover a lot of my um, other things that I just read. So this is where I've been building <laughs> to get to and it's taken six, six series to do it. And um, so <clears throat> love you guys. <laughs> Hang in there with me, okay? You'll, you'll, you really will learn. You will learn the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and why you need it today for your, yourself, your family, your home, your land, your animals, everything you own, your finances, peace of mind, sound mind, the blood of Jesus is powerful, and we will continue tomorrow. Love you. Bye.